Welcome to the Helping Couples Heal podcast, a place for healing and hope for couples impacted by betrayal resulting from infidelity and or sex addiction. Your hosts are Marnie Breaker and Dwayne Osterland, licensed marriage and family therapists, certified sex addiction therapists, and founders of respective treatment centers in Long Beach, Los Angeles, and San Diego, California. Marnie and Dwayne co-created Helping Couples Heal, a comprehensive program for couples recovering from betrayal trauma, including an in-person two-day workshop, an online aftercare program, and this podcast series is the first component of the program. Thank you for listening. Marnie and Dwayne are committed to helping you recover from the devastating impact of betrayal trauma and are honored to support you wherever you may be in your healing. If you've lost hope, you've come to the right place. Now, take a slow, deep breath, and let's begin with the Helping Couples Heal podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Helping Couples Heal podcast. My name is Dwayne Osterland, and today we have a special episode with our guest, Carol the Coach, where she interviews Marnie Breaker about our Helping Couples Heal community. Now, this is a repost from Carol's own podcast, Sex Help with Carol the Coach. So I really want to thank Carol for graciously allowing us to repost this episode on our own podcast feed. Thank you so much, Carol. And it's a great episode that goes into all the details about the Helping Couples Heal community and why community is so important in helping couples heal from betrayal trauma. So let's go ahead and start this episode. Now, if you are a sex addict listening to this show and you are in a relationship, you still want to work on these skills with the people that you love and care for. Might be your kids, that might parents, that might be dating relationships. It's a great relational skills. And while I can just really appreciate the fact that if you own a relationship, the coupleship is the most important relationship that there is. And you know, there's so many people that says that needs to come first. I thought we're focusing on that today. You all know this book helps them heal is to help you to have a healthier relationship. It actually is a manual on how to do that. Well, today on the show, I'm having special guest Marnie Dreeker and Marnie has just such a long-standing history with sex addiction and partner betrayal, and she has made it her mission to create this incredible community. And I asked her to come on the show and talk about that couple's community because it's like she's been able to strategize from all angles what will help you heal. You remember... Marnie and Wayne have that incredible podcast, Helping Couples Heal. But this community that she's built has so much parent support. And so I said, hey, come on the show and talk about this. And she said, I would love to. We've had her on before. I've been on her podcast. That's what this is all about. It's helping you know what resources are out there that mean so much to couples when they're walking through partner be frail and when they've gone through three stages of partner be frail. So Marty, welcome to Sex Help with Carol the Coach. Thank you, Carol. I'm so happy to be here with you again. 
I know it's been too long, girl. I know. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. I'm really glad that you asked me to come back and, and be here with you and your guests. Well, I, I've been so impressed. So many of the coaches that I work with um, that actually do IRCA, they are loving what they're doing for your community. And it's making such a difference. And so I said, okay, Marty, you got to come on and help us to know what your community is all about and how couples can join that community. So tell me a little bit about what inspired you to create this community. Okay, so um, as many of your listeners probably know, uh, Lane and I have been doing this Helping Couples Heal workshop um, for probably four years together. And this is a workshop that I originally started doing way back when in 2010 with Dr. Omar Minwala when I was working with him. And that workshop brings couples together. When I did it with Dr. Minwala, it was for three days. And then when I started to do it with Dwayne, we, we changed it into a two-day workshop. And what we saw when we were doing that workshop every time was that the couples being in community with the other couples was probably the most valuable part of the workshop. You know, when we created the workshop, it was more like um, the valuable part was really going to be the content we were providing, right? The information, the skills, all of that. But what we saw over and over was that the couples being able to hear from other couples the partners being able to hear from other addicts, the addicts being able to hear from the other partners and really hear things in a different way than they were able to when it was their own partner saying these things. That's where the gold was. And we just kept seeing it. And so I remember so, so vividly finishing up one of the workshops with Dwayne. It was before COVID and we were still in person. And he and I were just talking about the workshop in the parking lot afterwards and how just how rewarding we found it. And because um, we saw so much healing. And I said, um, Dwayne, we, we've got to do something bigger. We've got to do something bigger. We've got to be able to help people that aren't able to fly to California, who aren't just who aren't able to do these workshops. So we created the podcast. And then after the podcast, I said, okay, we're still, there's something, there's something else we have to do. When we went back to that whole dynamic that we saw in our workshops, which was, couples healing with other couples. And literally, this is about two years ago that we started to truly plan this community um, and sort of birth it and create it and develop it and redevelop it and go through many iterations of what it would look like. Um, but that's the reason, Carol. It was really because we, we found out firsthand that that's what couples needed, that that took them into a different place in their recovery that I don't know that they could get without that. I mean, I'm sure they could get some version. I shouldn't say that, that somebody who's not or a couple not in a community is not going to be able to heal. But what we saw is that it really promoted that healing. It really gave it um, something that it didn't have without it. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. What I heard you say is that it's not just what they learn in a workshop. It's not even what they learn on our podcast. It's really the complement of everything they're learning. And especially when you have couples helping each other heal. And so you develop the community so that they could all be a part of giving back as well as receiving if they're not quite at that place yet. Exactly. 
Exactly. It really, I mean, the, the, the emotional, um, what, what's the, the, for instance, the men in the workshops that we've done who really had so much shame that they were not ever able to tolerate hearing their partner's pain, right, would come into this workshop and they would hear other partners express their pain and share their stories. And that is what got them to truly be able to understand the depth of what their behavior and their addiction did to their partner. Um, and, you know, this makes sense, but a lot of partners actually got very upset um, by that because they would say, I've been saying the same things to you for years. And why is it now you're able to, you know, cry or feel so, so sad or remorseful or empathic when you're hearing a story from another partner? But as you and I very well know, Carol, you know, the shame is a, it's a big, big barrier. And um, so I think that this the community, being with other couples and everybody being able to share, it really challenges the shame and it gives each member of the couple an opportunity to develop empathy and compassion and learn from the other couples that are on the same path. Well, yeah, and, you know, I mean, this is just human nature, and I don't mean to be sexist, but the truth of the matter is I tell my couples this all the time. If the garage door is creaking in a way that says, you know, well, we need to get garage door out here, get this fixed or replaced, and I mention it to my husband, and it kind of um, disagrees because I think it's fine when I say not fine. Listen to it, and he and he counts what I'm saying. You know, I used to just go ahead and do it. I still sometimes mm-hmm. do, but definitely, we'll talk to his best friend and say, "Listen to this. What are you saying?" They'll say, "Oh man, your your spring is ready to break." And I go, "Oh, is that what So then he does, and then Eric comes back and says, "Hey, honey, can you give him a call? I think we better get this thing fixed right away." And and it wasn't an insult to me. I believe that men need to hear it from other people in general. And if they do have that shame factor that you and I are well aware of, they go right into that shame. And so they're not open vessels for hearing what she has to say. And sometimes hearing about it um, removed from person that he's caused pain, whether it's from the other addict or the other partner, is so powerful in in really understanding and making sick. And that's what I believe you're saying is that it really has been a key to bridging that communication problem that naturally occurs because of shame and and just you know, maybe the different genders. I don't know. Yeah, I absolutely agree. You know, there's in our workshop we share a lot of quotes with our participants from other addicts and partners who have taken the workshop in the past. And one of them, one of those quotes from one of the addicts was something like I don't have it in front of me, but something to the effect of my partner has said all of this before and I didn't either I didn't hear it or I didn't understand it or I didn't listen to it. Um now um I understand the depth of it and I'm embarrassed that I didn't understand or I didn't get it before. Right. But that's what it took. Just like what you're saying. It's like, and that's so painful for a partner who's been betrayed. Like, just listen to me. Why won't you just hear me? Right. I'm, I'm bleeding out on the floor. I'm not, I'm not kind of doing this very subtly. 
You, know, you, you should see it. You can see it. It's right here in front of you and you're not seeing it. Yeah, and so, uh, sounds like you've been building the community, what, for a couple of years? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how many couples do you think are in your community? So we opened, um, we, we launched the program, I think, May 1st, if I'm not mistaken. So it's new. And we decided that we were going to do it in cohorts so that we didn't let too many couples come in at once because I think that can be incredibly overwhelming. So we were open to 25 couples joining uh, the first cohort, and we actually have 26 couples that are in there now. And um, our next cohort will be open in September, and we'll let 25 new couples come in at that time. Wow, that is amazing. And so what services? Does your community involve? I mean, I said before you came on that it's my understanding that, you know, not only, not only are they in group together, but they can also follow up with a coach that can help them work on the couple's issues and the coaches can refer them to more individual help. I mean, it, it really is a team approach from what I understand. So tell us a little bit more about the services. Yeah, and it, you're right, it is a team approach. So the the members get a lot, to be honest. Um, when we launched the program, we were offering, um, we had like this, you know, this list of services that the, the couples would be getting. And shortly after we launched, we just started to see other things that we could provide. So we've already added a lot to the program. So now um, what's being offered is a weekly live call or webinar. Um, and one of those, per month is, is with me and or Dwayne. So I just did one yesterday, actually a community call and it was all about Imago therapy, safe conversation. And then once a week, I'm sorry, once a month, uh, one of those calls is with Zoe Kors, who's our resident uh, sex and intimacy coach. She's fantastic. She just released this amazing book called Radical Intimacy. And she's doing basically once a month an ask me anything, you know, call. And then one of our calls Hopefully we'll be with you, Carol. It's for experts to come on and special guests and to talk about, you know, various topics relevant to relational healing. And then the last call uh, will be from one of our staff members um, to talk again, to talk about something relevant to our curriculum. So that's the second piece of the, of the program, which is a 12 month curriculum that is very structured. And um, we sort of follow along with that curriculum as we go. So, Every month, there's a topic. Um, for instance, this month, June, is um, the betraying partner. What does it take? And then every week, we have that, we have like subtopics that talk about, okay, what are the things that it takes? And so our calls during the month are in some way linked to our curriculum. And then we have, um, we have a relational check-in and meditation every week as well with one of our moderators. And, and then finally, there's this, there's a platform where everybody is, it's an online platform and there's tons of ongoing communication with all the couples. And we, as the, um, the moderators, um, are constantly putting in there some prompts to get people to talk and to open up dialogue. There is a lot of active conversation and we are also posting content in there. So I think that probably gives you a good a good idea of what we're, what we're providing. 
Well, absolutely. And that's what I think I was referencing when I said, you seem to approach it from every angle that a couple would need feel. Because, you know, we know that feelings typically take somewhere from two to five years. And certain recovery in conjunction with uh, their willingness to work together really makes a difference. So I want to know, what's some examples of the topics that you can cover, Mary? I mean, sounds like talk about that. And what are some of your experts talk about? Um, well, we just had um, John McNamara come in, who is one of my therapists at the Center for Relational Healing. And since the the week that um, the part of the curriculum we were on was empathy, he did mm-hmm. a whole piece on empathy. He also included information and training on um, Dr. Manwala's mountain work. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just such a great way to talk about how to build empathy. Um, and so, you know, so that's what he talked about. And then as I, and then emp- again, empathy and validation being so important. I did the Imago training yesterday and I taught about safe conversations and how to provide empathy and emotional attunement when communicating about difficult conversations with your partner. Um, we've talked about humility um, and accountability. Um, trying to think of the first month, what we were, oh, the first month was really about relational healing um, and sort of from the beginning, what, you know, what does that take? Um, And we also, we had some holidays since we started this community. We had Mother's Day and Father's Day. And obviously, as we we know, holidays and special occasions can be really challenging and painful for people when when they're recovering or dealing with betrayal trauma. And so we did some special posts and had some conversations around those holidays to help people navigate them and give them an opportunity to share about what their experiences are. Um, as we move further through the curriculum, you know, we will get to co-regulation and activation and um, definitely, you know, sex, sex and reintegration around sex. And um, I mean, the list goes on and on. It's, it's, as I said, it's 12 months and it's pretty comprehensive. Yeah, it really sounds like you are giving um, these couples a lot of hope for healing and for education that will bring about that healing. Uh, what happens after 12 months? That's a great question. Um, and we're still sort of working that out. You know, Dwayne, I, I do want to say that I'm doing this community with my partner, Dwayne Osterlin, um, and he's just fantastic. And we talk all the time about how do we continue to support people? So we have decided that if people want to come back into the community or stay in the community and sort of go through it again, they're absolutely welcome to do that. Um, but we're also talking about, do we then start a second, a second community, which is for people after that first year for ongoing support? Um, that's not something we've, um, we've officially decided yet and we do have some time since we're only into month two of the curriculum but i would say certainly by month eight or nine we will have our plan about what's going to be next well that is exciting and you two are always cooking i mean you're always thinking about what would us experience so i love that uh, can anybody just join this community or is there certain criteria 
there's definitely certain criteria. But before I tell you that, I just have to say you're always cooking too. <laughs> you are really cooking, and I appreciate everything you're doing. Um, and I want you to I just want you to do that. Uh, thank you. So, so you're welcome. Um, in terms of criteria, yeah, we we really need to put the um, the integrity of the whole group, you know, as number one priority. And so we we needed to make sure that people have some basic uh, self-regulation skills, that the relationship or, or individuals in the partnership are not in an active acute state of trauma, um, that, that a disclosure has already happened, right? So we're not getting the trickle truth anymore and really at a place where we can start to rebuild um, kind of thing. And we do a an actual 15-minute interview with every person that applies. So people, when they want to join, they they complete our assessment form, and then Courtney, who's our like our basically our client our client manager, will look through those forms. And any clients that seem like they would be a great fit, we then pass along to Micheline, who um, is our our number one moderator in the community, and then she goes ahead and schedules a phone call with the couple. And so we're really making sure that we are um, you know responsible about who we're putting into the community. And in the case that somebody's not ready, we don't say you're not welcome to be in the community. We say this is likely not the right timing. These are the things that we see as, you know, being important for you now. And then we would love to have you join the community at a later time. You know, like we'll open up the, we'll hold you a spot in the second cohort, for instance. So no active crisis, some relational healing. Oh, and you have to, you certainly have to have um, individual and couple support outside of the community. Okay, so they should have a therapist or a coach that's actually mm-hmm. working with them. Has exactly that good work. Yeah, okay. you know, and what we're finding that's happening, we're seeing some partners really get. Um, this is really interesting. We're seeing some partners have some big feelings and emotions because their partners are now because they're getting all of this sort of um, coaching in the community to be vulnerable and they're seeing other men be vulnerable, they're starting to really come out now with some, you know, some really big topics, feelings, and the partners are really like struggling with what's coming up. But it's exactly what they want to happen, but having it happen bringing stuff up. So it, it's important for those people to be able to go back to, as you said, their therapist or their coach and be able to, to process that and get support around it. So then can therapists or coaches refer to you? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, unfortunately, again, we're, we're keeping the cohort some, somewhat small, um, but we always appreciate um, referrals. And if, like, if you called me, Carol, and you said, I have a couple that I think would be great for the community, to be honest, we probably wouldn't do the interview. I trust you implicitly and know that you would not be um, referring a couple who you did not feel were in the space to join this kind of a community. Um, so yeah, uh-huh. people can absolutely refer to us. Okay. Well, I appreciate that screening process because, you know, like you said, if they're in that first phase and they are, do not feel safe and stable, then they may be overly activated and hypervigilant and not be a good fit for the community yet. 
And, you know, I understand that sometimes they diagnose the criteria that also make them not a good fit, or maybe they're just not um, accessing their position like they could. There's just a lot of things that you have to kind of rule out or rule in. Now, I do want to ask you, because obviously I said, and therapists or coaches um, refer, um, how can people find out about the next community? I mean, where do they go and how do they, what's the process? So the, the process is fairly easy. Um, they would go to our website, which is helpingcouplesheal.com. And I believe on the, on the first page, on the homepage, there's a button that says join our community. And then it takes you to another page that answers questions, gives you some information. We actually also have information there about who's the community for and, and when would it not be right. And then if it looks like a good fit, you can just admit you fill out a very short contact form and it comes to us telling us that you're interested in that in the second cohort. And then when we open up enrollment, so for this next cohort, we'll, we'll open enrollment probably mid to later August, that's when they would hear from us and we would send them the consent and assessment form and get that, that process started. Well, I'm thinking about when you and I did a workshop together and I remember that we were doing a couples workshop, but actually for that work, we allowed individuals who couldn't get their partner to Going in, and although we didn't have any, everybody that, that came on board happened to be a couple. I'm wondering, mm-hmm. can you just join or has got to be a couple's thing? Has to be a couple's thing. And, and I, I just, I do want to say that if, you know, if somebody, somebody's partner is not willing to come in or they're doing it in a begrudging way, then we would suggest that the partner join a, um, you know, a partner's group, something else where they can get support. But this is a couple's community. Um, you know, it, 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 it would be sort of to let somebody come in on their own would be sort of like letting a couple join a partner's group, right? Or letting a couple come into a men's group, um, a men's addiction yeah. group or any men's group. So, yeah, that's the reason we are just, you know, there's so many resources out there for the, the ones who've betrayed. So many groups. And there's so many groups, thank, thankfully, for the betrayed partner. Um, so, but we were looking at where, where is there a deficit and it's really in the couple's work, right? Like, I don't know about, if someone were to call me and say, do you have a referral for a couple's group? I never really had that. I would always say, um, RCA, Recovering Couples Anonymous would be, um, you know, my go-to referral. And so, um, it's really, so that's why we developed it as a couple's community. And, um, yeah, the, so and people might not be there right now, but it doesn't mean that they won't get there. You know, our hope is that over time, all couples would be ready to join a community like this. I think RCA, it's just, it's a, that's a beautiful folks that group for couples and, you know, you donate a fuck and it's just very, very affordable. And yet, I, I had an RCA group start here in Indianapolis, and eventually they just became their own couples group. They moved out of the RCA world. They weren't able to follow the structure. And mm-hmm. if it wasn't anybody helping the community from a professional standpoint. And right. it sounds like there's 
amazing help from a variety of professions. So it's not just you there one week, but you've got a whole set of eyes on these couples when they're aging. And I would imagine when you're staffing and when you're thinking about what else do we need to do, it's like you've got not only a team approach for the couple, but you've got a team approach for the professional. I mean, I love that idea. Oh, my, Carol, it is so amazing. After I did my call yesterday with the community about Imago, um, and by the way, 24 of the 26 couples showed up. So to me, that really speaks to their level of commitment. You know, they're in this and they are, they don't want to miss anything. And then when it was over and everyone signed off, um, myself and Miss Celine, who I said kind of runs the group, and then Chris, who also is our like kind of co-facilitator in that with Micheline, and he's in the UK. He stayed on. And then Courtney, who, you know, does all the administration and client care, stayed on. And the four of us talked for about an hour. And we just talked about the community. And we talked about what we're seeing and how we can continue to support them and what's missing. And I love that. I love the, um, the commitment and the passion that our staff have about this community and making it successful. It's, it's, I'm so proud to have something to do with with the staff that we have um, and how they show up for our clients. It's really incredible. Yeah, I would think that camaraderie would really feel good. And what I heard you doing is having a lot of gratitude and appreciation for everyone's passion. I mean, this it's is hard work. And there is no doubt that watching a couple go through sexual betrayal and be excruciating. And I think when you and I have both learned ways to decrease um, the pain of them going through that. And uh, it sounds like there's a lot of trust, a lot of trust in you, a lot of trust in your staff. And it's that trust that helps to support the program. Because I was saying earlier, I, I hope you heard me fumbling, I could not remember the pyramid of intimacy, but it starts with honesty, and then it goes to um, this safety, because honesty creates safety, mm-hmm. and honesty is at the, the foundation of any kind of addiction, mm-hmm. uh, relationally. Mm-hmm. After that, it really morphs into a, a, a type of couple's truth, where they're both working together with an intention to get over to post-traumatic growth. And when they do that, they have to be vulnerable. And then that both leads to that intimacy. And I bet that these couples are watching each other become more and more truthful, vulnerable, and even intimate. And you and I both know if you're doing that in a group, it is going to happen in each individual role. I mean, it's, that's just the beauty of group work. Wouldn't you agree? It's uh, 100%. As you were talking, I was just thinking about um, a message I saw in the, you know, the online platform yesterday where what I'm seeing now is an addict, you know, express something, which is, of course, very vulnerable, especially in a community with lots of other partners who've been betrayed, and then partners responding saying thank you so much for speaking and really connecting to them and being supportive. And that to me is mind-blowing and it's so important. So yes, watching and listening to the other couples, to each other talk, that 
gives each other sort of the permission and the encouragement to also share and be vulnerable. And I'm, I'm really seeing that, you know, in the beginning of the, um, the program, which was just about, you know, a month ago, we were seeing that mm-hmm. partners were very, very willing. The partners were very willing to share. There was a lot of posts from the partners and very little from the addict or from the, the, the men who had betrayed. And um, I will say in this cohort, well, by the way, we will accept, of course, couples where the betrayer is the, is the woman in the relationship and the one who's betrayed is the man. We don't have any, any couples like that yet. Um, so for, you know, this, for, for our purposes, it's all men who've betrayed. And we are seeing that, you know, they weren't very willing to share. There was very little by them, you know, posted by them at the beginning. And then Chris, who is our, um, one of our coaches, our HCH coaches, and he lives in the UK, he is also a recovering addict. And he, he says that openly. He tells all of his clients. And he'll go into the group and he will encourage very lovingly. He'll encourage and explain why to the men it's so important to be willing to take that risk and be vulnerable. And what we have found is when they get that little encouragement, you know, we want to hear from you, then they start posting. And so it's been much more balanced in terms of, you know, both members of the coupleship now posting, asking questions, connecting, sharing their experiences and their feelings. And that to me is really where the healing is going to come in. Of course, the content is valuable, but they could get the content elsewhere. They can, you know, they could pick up your book, for instance. Um, There's lots of podcasts out there. There's books. So they could get that content elsewhere. They couldn't get this community elsewhere. Well, unless somebody else builds the same community, then of course they could get it there. Um, but that's where the value is. And I think putting it all together with the content and then having the calls sort of be, you know, in sync with those topics and then having the weekly relational check-ins um, and, and constant support from our coaches and our staff and me and Dwayne, I just think all of it together is that's, that's what's making it so successful. And for anyone who's considering as they're listening, maybe this community would be for us. I would want you to know that we are so committed to making sure that the community is safe, that really it, we will not just let couples in to make our, for instance, our number that 25, like we would rather have 15 couples in the community and have 25 couples where we're, we're knowing that there's going to be a lot of chaos and emotional overwhelm and, and you know, traumatic responses. So truly safety yeah. is our number one priority. Well, I appreciate that because I'm sure there are some naysayers. I remember when I was writing about empathy and I got from a couple of pretty unhealthy people, the statement, and these were professionals, and they'd say, oh my gosh, you're just going to be empathy the narcissist and I said that's not my experience my experience but that when people come to see me they want to work and they want to heal and uh, they're not narcissistic although certainly addiction can look nasty but that being said say to you have you gotten any naysayers that said oh my gosh Aren't you running into a community that, that's filled with overactivation and hypervigilance and trauma response? You know, I am so happy to say no, not yet. I, I would not succumb. Um, we, 
we've been lucky. There's been very little, um, what's the word, pushback or attack, criticism towards us at this point. Um, but again, that stuff can happen. I think that the reason why people are not challenging it is because it's so clear. Like if you try to apply or if you go to apply, you will see really that we're that we're following exactly the protocol that I shared today, that we are really committed to the safety and making sure that the people that are coming in do have those skills on board. And honestly, Carol, there's only so much, as you know, you can learn in a 15 minute conversation. So the truth is, if a couple got into the community and then we were starting to see evidence, you know, consistent evidence that really they're not appropriate for the community, right, where they possibly don't have um, some stabilization and the skills necessary to regulate and maybe there is more crisis at home. We, our plan is immediately to, um, is to, I hate to say remove them from the community, but it's really having a very, you know, loving and candid discussion with them, letting them know that this is not the right time, but that we will absolutely make a space in the next cohort, right? If they're able to come back at that time uh, with the necessary skills in place to join. So you're not going to come yeah. in and see that level of, of, you know, of dysregulation and trauma. Yeah, and again, that makes so much sense. It's very clearly things can happen where a couple comes in pre-stable and maybe something really does set them off or back. And that's the beauty of having a professional involved. Listen, Marty, I am just so impressed with what you're doing. I thought what you were going to say to me is, Carol, I don't get much pushback at all because we are a couple that are community and coaching professionals, professionals don't really know what to do with couples. And so they are more than happy to have a support group and community like you are offering. So one more time, remind our listening audience, how can they get a hold of you and what's their next step? So um, for any services at HCH or to contact me or Dwayne, just go to helpingcouplefield.com and fill out the contact form, and that will come directly to us. And if you are interested in getting on the wait list for the second cohort, which again will open up, well, it'll open in September, but enrollment will open the end of August. Again, go to helpingcouplefield.com and click the button, join our community, and it'll take you to the contact page where you can, um, you can submit your interest and be put on the waiting list. Excellent. Well, so appreciate you and Dwayne's work and the couples that you're working with. I mean, you know, it's just uh, amazing to keep us posted and let us let us know what new and creative things you're doing here in the future. I will, Carol, and you too. I, I really appreciate your work and I wish all of your listeners the very best in their in their recovery and their healing. Thank you much. You take care. You too. Bye bye. Okay, so obviously, we've got a gift for figuring out what couples need and then putting that together for them. So, I am Carol Jurgensen Shoots, aka Carol the Coach, and the next time I come back, I'm going to be in Florida. Remember, I told you our times are going to be a little bit different. That's okay, you subscribe anyway, you'll get it. 
And as I say at the end of every show, there will only be one of you at all times. So fearlessly, fearlessly, fearlessly have the courage to be yourself and practice those boundaries. And we'll talk to you soon. Make it a great week. Thank you for listening to the Helping Couples Heal podcast, where your healing is the number one priority. If you'd like additional resources about betrayal trauma or to learn more about the workshop, please visit helpingcouplesheal.com. If you're finding the podcast helpful, please support Dwayne and Marnie in continuing to reach others impacted by betrayal trauma. If you are finding the podcast helpful, please support Marnie and Dwayne in continuing to reach others impacted by betrayal trauma by leaving a review on iTunes and sharing this podcast with someone you care about. Once again, thank you for listening. We're grateful for your trust and look forward to continuing to support you on your journey of healing.